Hello, friends. I'm Deeg. This is the Deeg Podcast. Today, I'm um, well, I'm indulging in a sort of mulligan. <laughs> uh, it's Thursday, February the 3rd, and on January the 31st, the Monday uh, that preceded it, I sat down to record my thoughts about New World, the massively multiplayer online RPG from Amazon Game Studios, a game that I loved and passed through and is behind me now at this point. Um, in doing so, I worked really hard. I worked on multiple versions of what I wanted to say. Uh, thinking through it, um, I took my time with it. And despite all that, when I got through the end of it, I was left with this sense, let's, let's make a breakfast analogy, okay? I was left with this sense that in trying to make a beautiful breakfast of bacon and eggs, what I had done instead is made a hideous breakfast of rubbery eggs and burnt bacon that only someone who already loved me could appreciate with a straight face. Quite simply, I had not done a good job with the bacon. The bacon! The bacon is the most important piece of breakfast. We can all agree with this. And so it is the most important piece of what I actually need to convey. And today is my attempt to do so. I'm here to tell you the story of the day that I quit New World. And in order to tell this story, as with any good story, I need to uh, roll in uh, from a long distance. 20 years in this case, actually. Need to lay a little bit of a foundation. Um, so let's talk about, in order to explain why I quit New World, what my, what my motivations were, what was in my head when I did this. I got to walk back all the way to late adolescent Deeg, teenage Deeg, uh, 17, 18, 19 years old. I need to do this because this is the part of my life where my identity as a gamer started taking shape, an identity that was thrown up against the wall when I quit New World. Now, in those days, I, would, I had a few other very strong pillars of my personal identity, which is a very important thing. What, what, what is teenage rebellion, after all, but an attempt to extract identity from the meaningless chaos of the universe? We all needed that, and I did too. So at that point in my life, I was a straight-A student, okay? I was an academic wunderkind. I had more or less straight A's all the way from first grade up to the end of high school. It was hideous. It was disgusting. And it was even more disgusting about it was the fact that for some reason, I was able to do this while studying less than half of what most other people were, less than a tenth of what some people were, and still beat them. I don't know what it was, but I had this ability to sort of ask my friends about a book that we were taking a quiz on. And without actually having read the book myself, by spending five minutes talking to my friends about it, my other students who were taking the quiz, I could somehow get enough of a sense to beat the quiz. I had this ability to look at a set of questions and, put, and try to figure out what it was trying to do and what it needed to be. I also did very well in my SATs. I was a high achiever. Anyway, I don't want to belabor the point, but let's just say... I got a lot out of school without putting a lot into it for a lot of years. 
and it was a very strong part of my identity. Deeg the smart, Deeg the wunderkind. I also grew up a choir boy, and that also was given to me. I, uh, I was a son of a choir director, and my beautiful mother put myself and all three of my younger siblings into the church choir from a young age. And I actually, even though I was at times ashamed of it, I really love it. Singing is still something that I look back with, on with a lot of love and a lot of joy. And at that point in my life, it was huge for me, okay? I had uh, stopped playing baseball a couple years ago because I was too fat, right? That kid can't play baseball. Give me a break. But I found the school choir. I auditioned for it. And not only did I get into the school chorus, I also got into the school musicals. And not only did I get into school musicals, but I also was given a title role. Apparently, I was good at something. I got into all-state chorus. Um, I uh, sang in a barbershop quartet in my senior year with three of other people who, um, three other students at the school, which was an amazing time. Uh, and I was even uh, awarded a scholarship in my senior year for outstanding achievement in the arts that was given to one person in the senior class every single year. I'll never forget uh the morning that I was getting ready to go to school and my sister making this strange comment about how I never dressed up nice. And it'd be nice if I just wore a button down shirt to school this once, you know, just for kicks. And sure enough, uh, to my complete and total shock, I won a scholarship for the performing arts over several of people of my friends who I think probably could have had a case for winning it above me. So I was a high academic achiever. I was a high musical achiever. And I had also grown up with video games in the house, like a lot of us, right? I don't even know why Nintendo and Super Nintendo was in my house, but it was. What I tend to remember is when I started taking more ownership of my engagement with these experiences, which was when the N64 came out, I would have been 12, 13 years old, um, I had played a demo in the Toys R Us for Super Mario 64. I've told this story before, but to be brief, Super Mario 64, when I played that demo on the show floor at Toys R Us, something in my mind changed. I could like feel the plasticity of my brain trying to work its way around perceiving a 3D space on a 2D screen. It was in some way transformative and certainly transfixing, and I needed more of that. And I became obsessed with the N64 to, to the point where the, the, the steady diet of Nintendo Power magazines and like the VHS tapes they would send me every few months were not enough. So I, I, I went on the primordial internet of the mid-90s to try to find more information about, video, about the N64 at that time called the Ultra 64. It came out. I played the shit out of it. I played with a whole bunch of my friends and neighbors. And eventually... Um, I learned from my online exposure to games that my love for GoldenEye 007, a game I put hundreds and hundreds of hours into, uh, you know, shooting the shit out of my brother and my neighbors and winning and losing and banning Odd Job and playing License to Kill and all. <laughs> da 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 da! What an amazing game that was. I'm sure a lot of y'all can relate to that experience. Um, but I learned online that actually console shooters were kind of lame. And that shooters on PCs were actually fucking cool. 
And at that time, I had reason to believe that because my dad, who worked as an accountant, had a personal PC in his office. The first that I'd ever seen. And he showed me solitaire, and I thought, okay, like that's kind of cool, but who cares? But then he showed me mist. Mist, boys and girls. The game from the early 90s that, that made the CD-ROM sell. Uh, I don't know if many of y'all remember that, but that game is, I think, still credited with the success of CDs in the, in the industry for all the years where CDs were the only way to get these experiences. Anyway, in Christmas of 99, I asked for and received Half-Life, Quake 3, and Unreal Tournament as Christmas gifts. I installed them on the family PC, and that was the beginning of the end. I passed through Unreal Tournament, enjoyed the offline experience as the best I could on dial-up internet. Quake 3 I bounced off of because you just you couldn't play it offline at that time, and it wasn't tolerable without broadband. But Half-Life. Half-Life had some multiplayer games. There was Counter-Strike. Of course, everyone knows Counter-Strike, but a game that existed back then, too, and in a very different way than most people now know about it, was Team Fortress, specifically Team Fortress Classic, a class-based first-person shooter. You play as a soldier, demo man, scout, medic, heavy weapons guy, and a bunch more. You try to take the fly from your enemy while protecting your own. And I fell in love with this game. And I fell into that game. And that became one of the three kind of pillars of my identity at that time. That was a beautiful experience uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, all three of these things, the achievement in academics, the, the, the singing, the music, and the gaming, they all gave me some kind of identity and structure and meaning that wasn't dependent upon my family. It was something I had when no one from my family was in the room, and that's something I needed badly. And in my senior year of high school, it all started to fall apart. Uh, and the reason it started to fall apart, well, we'll get to the reasons, but let's call it an inciting incident. Uh, definitely would have been failing out of an English class my senior year. A higher level international baccalaureate English class that I failed out of simply because I didn't bother to do the summer reading. I think there were like eight fucking books that class wanted me to read. God, what a chore and a half. I can't remember why, but I just didn't do a lick of it. And, uh... When trying to, my teacher tried to figure out what the hell to do with me, someone who was a high academic achiever who was suddenly failing as a fluke out of nowhere. They withdrew me from the International Baccalaureate program and stuffed me into a normal level English class. And that was just the beginning, though. Um, one of the other things that happened uh, was uh, my senior project. Every single senior in, in my, my class at high school needed to turn in a senior project. And um, I was the last one to pick my topic. I was the last one to submit a draft, and I actually turned mine in late. Um, in my school yearbook, where they give names to people, like quotes to people most likely to X, Y, and Z, most likely to be successful, most likely to be a movie star, most likely to, uh, you know, be president, that kind of stuff. Some of my friends got those really cool, uh, most likely to. So you know what mine was? most likely to still be working on his senior project. No matter how great of a student I was, no, no matter how much 
at the highest level I was in terms of my test scores. No matter how people knew me as the guy who sang in the musicals and the barbershopper going around on street corners, no matter how people saw me, that part of my identity at that time in my life was what rang the truest. Doesn't that fucking sting? Of course, the, the punchline of the whole joke really ends up being that I got a B. I got a B in my senior project because I crammed a semester's work of work worth of work into a week and did better than most of my class. So I suppose in some way the joke's on them, but um, it still stings all those years later. An object of shame. I thought, okay, I got past that. Woo, time to move on with life. I guess I got to go to college now. Things will be better in college. You know, I'll be without my my parents who are driving me crazy. We were both driving each other crazy at that time. They had banned me from using the PC at home, which meant I couldn't play my games anymore. And the community of people I'd found in Team Fortress Classic was all of a sudden pulled out from underneath me. Uh, and that part of my identity came crashing down like a rock. I didn't know how to deal with that. I was losing everything. Um, and even the music was starting to wind down by that point at the end of my senior year of high school. And then at that time, the rock bottom looked like this. I got into college. I applied to two schools. I got into both. And <laughs> I somehow gutted through a semester of class. I don't know how. I don't remember it very well. I remember having a hard time adjusting and not wanting to socialize with the other kids and thinking maybe I didn't need to, maybe thinking I was above it. I'd been told the story of being the child wunderkind my whole life, after all. Maybe I was. But the truth was, I was not. And I didn't know how to handle myself. And I didn't know how to adjust. I went back home for Christmas. Enjoyed some of that sweet homecoming. And when I went back, I just fell to pieces. I didn't go to class. I shut myself up into, into my room. I stopped taking my mom's calls, who was worried about me. And uh, campus security had to find me locked in my room one day. And they unlocked my door forcibly and said, hey, your family's worried about you. We're going to send you home. And I took a leave of absence from school. I wasn't doing music at that time. I wasn't in school anymore. That was my conduit to music. Um, I didn't have that wunderkind identity. So what was there left for me? Well, gaming, of course. There was gaming. And I held on to that gaming, the need for gaming, what it is there for me for, with my dear fucking life. At that time, I was still uh, running a Team Fortress Classic clan. Kind of a big deal at that time, actually. And maybe I'm not selling it highly enough, but early 2000s gaming was, <laughs> it was a lot fucking different than it is these days. Boys and girls, let me tell you. Uh, there's no Twitch, there's no social media, no YouTube. Uh, information exchange is terrible. Uh, the fixtures of, of, of that scene were the handful of people who put in the time to organize volunteer leagues and organizations to organize matches. All the hundreds and thousands of 
boys and girls who voluntarily practice on these Team Fortress Classic maps and showed up to these scheduled matches with each other. And it's hard to believe that it that it all came together at all when I look back at it. We used IRC as as, as a way to connect via chat. We used apps like Roger Wilco and Primordial Ventrilo to talk. And uh, ICQ, uh, man. It was a miracle that we were able to connect at all. And I suppose that miracle, in some ways, uh, makes it more magical, right? It makes it that much more remarkable that you were able to find meaning and structure and value. And I was. That was so important to me. The clan that I ran and co-founded called Misdirected Hostility played about 250 organized league matches. And I had to let it go because it just, over time, stopped being what it was supposed to be. I could have kept it going. I could have brought some new people in, but the impetus, the the relevance of what it needed to be had faded for me. Um, I'd been playing the game for years at that point. It didn't feel exciting and new and fresh. So after playing in that clan for three years and organizing all that and being a fixture of the community, being active on the forums, joining and founding guilds, uh, representing my my country, the United States, in an international tournament that happened online, uh, even dabbling and playing with the European leagues. Um, after all that shit, uh, you know, learning how to code so I can create a clan website, uh, making learning how to create videos so I can make montages. I still have a couple of those kicking around from those years, even though I lost most of that footage in a hard drive fire, of all things. Uh, don't buy cheap power supplies, kids. Don't do it. Uh, I'm going down memory lane in a big way here. That was very important to me. It felt like all that I had. And when it started to fade, what did I do? Did I pick my head up and think, okay, Greg, time to move on with gaming. Time to find something else. Time to figure this shit out. No. I didn't do that. I said, oh my God, this thing that I need is going away. I need to find something else. So I found another video game. And that began the cycle. Getting obsessed, finding meaning for a short while in a video game, and then pounding it, pounding it, pounding it to get all the meaning and structure and value out of it that I could until it was a, a wet, dry, uh, that's contradictory, till it was just a, awful husk of what it had been when I started and then trying again, trying again, trying again in an insane fashion. It didn't give me what I wanted, but I tried it again anyway. It was a crutch that had, I would say had lasted, but the truth is in some ways it's still, it's still, it was still with me, but for 20 years, that was 20 years ago, put some, put it into some perspective. My life has changed dramatically in those 20 years, right? And I, I do promise y'all I am getting to the day I quit New World here. It's not that far off. But in those 20 years from the time where I, my teenage self fell apart and I grabbed onto gaming with all the strength that I had, all the way through today, I have crutched on gaming. And during that time... I found love, I found a partner, I found a wife, someone to share my life with. I found, I found work, I found a job that 
you could arguably call a career and the meaning that comes from doing something that someone cares about enough that they'll pay you for it. Uh, still, I had to lean hard on gaming. It gave me something I really needed, some sense of community, sense of belonging, sense of being in synchronization with the world, even if it is a virtual world. After burning out on Warframe, I, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And so I actually wrote this Reddit thread. Um, you can find it if you want. I actually lightly paraphrased it. But it sounded something like this. Uh, again, lightly paraphrased. Dear Reddit, I like this game a lot. I want to love it. I want it to feel meaningful again. I'm getting bored and lonely. I'm something like 200 hours in, right? Done some grinding, some expansion content, most of the big quests, unlocked a bunch of armor, weapons, and other stuff. I find myself bolting for whatever events are happening when I log in. But it's all solitary. Even when I party up, all I'm doing is light speeding between objectives and trying not to slow down these strangers who might as well be NPCs. After missions complete, everyone leaves as fast as possible, and there I am, once again, by myself wondering what to do. Should I try again? Or go back to the wiki to figure something else out to try, once again, alone, or surrounded by strangers who might as well be NPCs. I tried joining a few guilds, and it didn't really change much. Nobody seems to actually play together or want to connect. It seems like you can never really hope to run into anyone who isn't just trying to bang something out as fast as possible. Is it that I haven't tried hard enough? Or achieved enough? Am I not good enough? I've watched a lot of guides, and I get the sense that it's the same all the way to the top. Am I playing the wrong game looking for this sort of connection and meaning? Appreciate any thoughts or suggestions. Thanks for reading. That's what I wrote. This was years ago. I stumbled on it and I couldn't believe it when I read it. Then along came New World. Yes, we're finally getting there. Thank you for bearing with the backstory of Deeg. Keep in mind, as I'm approaching New World, I'm not approaching it as a fun game to play. I'm approaching it as uh, a new rock to cling onto for dear life in some sense, despite the stability of the life I have around me, despite the fact that it's been 20 years. And as it is with many MMOs, I had an intoxicating first week. Oh my God, the first week or two of New World was just, oh, beautiful, brilliant. The world felt so cool. The it was, it, it, Eternum is a beautiful continent. The UI is snappy. The, con the combat felt novel and interesting. Uh, the social features felt like they had potential territory in that game. Felt like it mattered. Uh, and you're doing it together with a lot of other people who are also learning and having meaningful fun that goes somewhere. And when you're in that world with all those people exploring and learning for the first time, that is like the moment. That's the best time to be involved in any game. That's why I always try to play games when they come out. It's such an important, it, it, maybe important isn't the right word, but that period of, of playing a game, especially an online one, cannot be duplicated. Once that content has been consumed, it can never go back to being that magical again. And that was magical. I first started peeking into the, 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 
the uh, social scene of my server are around level 25, 30, something like that. Um, uh, we had a server Discord, um, and uh, I heard I caught wind of a faction meeting. Everyone on my server's faction, a covenant of Flegathon, were going to meet and talk through faction issues. And I thought to myself, this is going to be boring, but I want to be involved in the social scene, so I might as well show up. Boy, howdy. <laughs> that was, uh, there were a few figures uh, in that call. Uh, one was the leader of the the company that kind of dominated the faction. They spanned out a lot of invites. They had their name on a territory or two. They were running most of the wars because they had, um, they had the most people and they were able to get the capital together to declare and defend. And the guy who ran that guild was just a piece of work. His, he said what he thought and people didn't agree with him. He's like, okay, well, you're not in control. So think whatever you want. That's fine. The dude left early, but then get this. His wife, who co-ran the company with him, stuck around and apologized for him. Saying, oh, you guys don't understand. My husband's really a nice guy. He just, he's got to get to know him. He can just kind of be a dick sometimes. Wow. There were a few other loud voices, but the drama was thick and it was interesting and it was fun to be a part of. Um, shout out to that couple. I hope they're doing okay. Uh, spoiler alert, they both burned out and quit within a week or two. <laughs> and uh, following from that, I got involved with wars. Wars in New World are a beautiful thing. This game has these social systems that at their apex, after gearing up and crafting stuff and getting consumables together and, and finding people and making a company, throwing together all your money from trading and crafting and questing, you put that pool, that money together, and what do you do with it? You declare war on your fucking enemies. That's what you do, boys and girls. And that's what got me so amped up for New World in the first place. That's why I wanted to beat that game. I thought that it could have something like my Team Fortress Classic competitive experience. It felt so much like it. it. Smelled so much like it. And for a while it was. For a few weeks when people were still learning how to fight, learning what the metas were, and I would stream the wars and people would show up. People started knowing me because I streamed those wars. And I became Deeg. I became someone on the Phlegathon Covenant that people recognized said hello to. Said hello to would emote at when they would we would walk by, you know, I'm this guy's gathering or this guy's gathering trees, but we're all we all like each other. We're all having a great time in this world. Uh that was a fun time. And I was playing with a good buddy of mine, MMO buddy. We leveled up and we fought in all the wars together, and it was just so much fun. And then of course the server died. And my company quit. And then my friend quit. <laughs> there I was. Once again, two months after starting, bored and lonely, playing a multiplayer online video game, searching for meaning and structure. Well, I wasn't quite done yet. I wasn't quite ready to hang it up. So now I'll tell you about the day that I actually quit New World. Picture this. 
you're a little tired. You're a little, a little afraid. You're six weeks into a new job and it's stressful. New jobs are stressful. It's like moving, learning a new product, getting to know new people, making sure you fit in. At the same time, I'm a little bit uh, frustrated with my video game. I don't have a go-to relaxing thing to do. My wife, my partner, the love of my life is busy doing other stuff, so can't bounce off of her. So what do I do? Turn on the video game. We're going to try again. And to make it that much more likely to be fun and engaging, I'm going to turn on my stream. So yes, this got caught happening live. And I can link the video in the description of this if people are interested. But I, I got in there and I thought to myself, I would just love find some small way to recreate those intoxicating first two weeks of an MMO. That the, the zone of proximal development, you know, where everything feels big, alive, and meaningful and connective. How did I do that? Well, I thought, hmm, if there's a territory, Everfall. I think it was Everfall, if I remember right. And I think there's world PvP happening there. In fact, I think the Marauders, the green faction, are attacking. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to do a little bit of gathering, maybe getting to a few uh, open world PvP skirmishes. That'll be fantastic. I would love that. And so I loaded up, geared up, and went out. And rather than finding a bunch of game Marauders who were up for a, a couple of back and forths and some laughs, I found... Uh, as I put it at that time, uh, a gang of fucking orcs. You know, like, sometimes you have PvP experiences in video games that feel like you're all just there on the same page, right? You honor each other, or you talk a little bit of shit, but it's all about the fun. No one's there to crush each other. It's There's a certain sort of sportsmanship, gamesmanship, but these marauders had no gamesmanship. They would 4v1 me, 7v1 me, snipe me with these overpowered, semi-exploitative builds from halfway across the map. Corpse camp me. Why? I don't know why. Like, they weren't watching my stream. No one knew who the hell I was. I was just some poor guy, and they crushed the life out of me. I don't know. It, it didn't cost them much to do. It was easy, I guess. There are a whole bunch of explanations, but they were they brutalized me. And... Any single fire I had to burn for New World was stamped on that day. To make it even worse, I, I would run past a few people from my own faction who were there, and they just didn't give a shit. Far be it for them to jump into a and try to save their fact, you know, their faction ally. They've got trees to cut down. They've got mobs to go grind. They've got harvesting to go do. There's a carrot with their name on it, you know, 100 meters away. And I got so fed up. And I was ready to go on this diatribe about how people play games wrong. You know, I made a video, a podcast episode. You can find it on my channel last yesterday called Gamers Are Wrong About New World. And I think it, I think that that video perfectly encapsulates what I was feeling at that time. Roughly speaking, that people are not opening up their minds to see the best of what's in front of them 
Rather, they're just choosing to follow the simple base incentives and learned behaviors they have. In any case, I got so fed up, and eventually one of my viewers who was watching the stream spoke up and said, wow, I smell a D. Grant podcast coming up. That was Henry. And when Henry said that, I thought to myself, nah, man, these gamers aren't wrong. I'm the one who's fucking wrong. And I said so. They're not playing New World in the wrong way. They're not gaming in the wrong way. They're not participating in bad faith. I am. Why? Because I was trying to get something that wasn't there. That never was there. And probably never could be. I had been projecting a sort of unmet need onto New World and all the games I played before it that they could never possibly hope to meet. To try to recapture that feeling I had 20 years ago when I was playing Team Fortress Classic, and it was the only thing in my life that was going well. Worse, I had been projecting the qualities I hate most about myself I'm onto other people, gamers. Again, I refer back to gamers are wrong about New World, and uh, I think gamer logic, another one too. Same kind of thing. So what did I do? I turned the stream off. I took a fucking break. I didn't know what to do. Games were my outlet. They were my solace. They were the thing that I did with my downtime. They gave structure to my the time I had to myself. But I turned them off. And I didn't play another one for about two weeks which is a long time, probably the longest voluntary break from gaming I'd taken um, in over a decade, something like that. Hard to say exactly. I was approaching the Christmas break, and um, I decided to try to fill the time with something other than video games for a little while. I Learned my grandmother's recipe for or, or, for uh, oatmeal raisin cookies. Ooh, god damn, I love those cookies. Uh, my mother, who loves me so much, has been sending them across the country to me once a year uh, over the holidays. And I finally decided I need to take control of them for myself. I learned how to make them. That was great. First thing I'd ever baked, never really done any cooking. They came out pretty good, actually. Even from the first batch, they were okay. I also picked up Wheel of Time, a book series that meant a lot to me um, at another time where I was quite lonely and bored, and just started enjoying it and connecting with my brother over it again, uh, who's read it three times, by the way, all 14 books. What a stud. I reorganized my bathroom closet and uh, my, my clothing closet uh, because they had been in sore need of it for months, and I just didn't want to live in chaos and confusion anymore. In short, I just took time to reassess um, what I was doing 
and give myself space from the thing that I felt so burned by. <clears throat> Here's a question. And it's one I posed myself. I'm going to float out some answers, but the question is this. Deke, you've been playing games online for 20 years. Why now have this realization? Why now take this break? What makes this moment special in a way that all the other games that you poured yourself into and then and then leaked out of? Uh, World of Warcraft, Destiny 2, Guild Wars 2, Planet Side 1 and 2. Uh, again, I mentioned Warframe before. And a bunch more besides. What made New World special? Well, it's got nothing to do with New World. But here are a few things that avail themselves to me. Number one, um, I didn't feel shame about this realization. And a big part of the reason I didn't feel shame was because I knew I had ADHD. <laughs> I'm going to try to say this briefly, but I was diagnosed with ADHD in the start of the pandemic, uh, mid-2020. Uh, and when I learned what ADHD was, which is basically uh, a deficit of, of, of executive function, you see, most people, when they're going about their day, they have some intentions that are kind of floating around the back of their head. Oh, I should pay attention to this. Uh, this is what I want to get. And I want to make sure I save money for this. And this person is not feeling well, so I want to keep them in mind. And, you know, uh, this person has this event coming up, and it'd be great to get them a gift. Um, I have this thing at work that I'm, that I'm interested in. And most people are able to keep all these intentions in their mind and change small actions about their day in order to make slow progress towards those things over time. And this happens just automatically for most people. Uh, for me and people with ADHD, we suck at this. And it's because a part of our brain is literally underdeveloped. How could I feel shame about that? <laughs> when I learned about this and learned about the things people with ADHD go through, I realized that it explained all the failures of my teenage years that I started off this discussion with. It explains not reading those books for that English class that I failed out of. It explains why I didn't start my senior project until the last fucking minute. It explains my inability to study. It explains um, why I couldn't get my shit together in college to meet people and try to learn a new structure. So I had, in a big way, gotten past that shame and felt a little bit of uh, resistance to it. So that's one. Two is, in a sense, I believe... Okay, let me think of how to say this. I recognize the problem of repeatedly engaging with games for something that I need that is not there. And I believed that in recognizing that problem and verbalizing it, I could then take hold of it and make progress against it. I believed it was a meaningful problem worth solving. Um, 
And a big part of the way that I saw the meaning in that problem walks back years. Uh, I'm not going to get into all this right now, but um, I've been working for a few years now on trying to figure out what life is all about, right? I mean, I guess that's kind of like your, all of our life's work. It's a silly thing to say, but I believed it was a problem worth solving. I didn't feel ashamed about it. And last but not least, this is a very, this is a very coincidental thing that I largely didn't control. But after being in the same job for four years, that was slowly, slowly draining the life out of me. Not because there was something about the job that was terrible or the employer or anything about that, but just because I'd been there for too long. I needed new challenges and I was electing to stay in something safe and known rather than to try to stretch myself. And I was slowly withering because of it. I realized it the day I put in my notice that I had been feeling that. But the ability to decide to move on from that experience and start a new job, which I did, gave me a sort of confidence that I could make changes and leave bad things behind. They say insanity is when you decide, when you keep doing the same thing, it comes out the wrong way, and you keep doing it that way anyway. But no one talks about how you stop being insane, right? Just don't do that again, right? That's what people say, maybe? I don't know. Do people say that? I never hear there, there be a second part of this observation. I was engaging in something of an insane behavior, thinking that the next video game was going to be the thing that gave me meaning and purpose. And at some, somehow things came together for me at the end of last year so that when that flame burned out for me once again, the answer was not the problem. The answer was something different. And that's how my last day in New World went down. What follows from this? Well, one thing is um, I'm going to be trying to guard myself against that tendency. It's a subtle thing, but the difference between sitting down to play a video game and in hopes that I'll find a community of people who will be my internet family versus sitting down to just stream some simple gameplay or work on a podcast or play a new experience that I've never seen before. The difference is a subtle one on the paper, on paper, but in terms of what it means for me, it, there seems to be a difference. So the podcast isn't going anywhere. And I'll be, still be playing video games, but perhaps in a different way. In short, I don't really know what's next. It's not quite clear to me. I'm still figuring that part of it out. Will I bake more cookies? Probably. Will I ever finish Wheel of Time? <laughs> Book three out of 14. So we'll see. In short, um, we'll find out together, I suppose. And that's the story. That is what I hoped is the well and crisply cooked bacon of what to take away from my experience playing New World by Amazon Game Studios. I hope y'all enjoyed this. The Deeg Podcast is primarily an interview show, and I do have interviews coming up. If you're a Planetside fan, you can look 
forward to interviews with some people you've heard from that you know about very well. Guild Wars, I think that's, I have more coming up there as well. They have an expansion releasing at the end of February that I'm very excited about, End of Dragons. And I'm hoping to be, hoping to be lining up some things after that comes out. And beyond that, I'm going to try to figure out what sharing my thoughts here means, where it needs to go. I've started a new experiment where I'm uh, writing little blog posts on my Patreon that only, the, only my patrons can see. If that is of interest to you, I suggest you check it out. I think I'm going to try to be writing little blog posts there about topics that are not, they don't quite rate for a podcast, but that I do in some way want to talk about. Right now, what's there is uh, uh, I, my breakdown of why I decided to leave Twitch for YouTube streaming. And that's it. Thanks for listening. I love y'all and I'll catch you on the flip side.